Hello, everyone. Welcome. That music can only mean one thing. Well, I guess it could mean <laughs> several things. Why, that why limit it? Yeah, you might be at someone's house and they might be like suddenly hey, play the theme. I to got a track. Like trees I, walking. I, so it, I heard this new song that I want to listen to. It could mean that. All right, it could mean five things. Yeah, but well, six things. I don't look. That's <laughs> the subject of another show. <laughs> How the many point, things can this mean? The point is that one of them. One of those meanings of that song is that it is the podcast Like Trees Walking. I am Michael J. Nelson. I am the Reverend David Paul Berge. D. Paul Berge. D.P. 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 D.P.B. D.P.? D.P. D.P. That would be your little <laughs> robot pal who would come and help. Why, thank you, D.P. He has the answer. Thank you for bringing me fresh coffee this morning, D.P. <laughs> All right, this off. is a dystopian future. It uh, is. I don't like it any more than you do, but we're stuck with it. Um, yeah. So the the show, what the show is, is that uh, DP and I, me being Michael J. Nelson, we get together, and DP being me or the robot, my robot assistant. We haven't. The we'll put your consciousness into the robot, but that's a couple years away. So just be patient. So please. after I died, the podcast yeah, we're can freezing continue. your head and we're downloading your essence into this little oh, robot. We could do a show he's gonna be that. silver and he's gonna have like those little like tank tracks, you know, where they back in the eighties, like all robots. Oh like, yeah, those tank like tracks. Johnny Number Five. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, no, this is the show where we talk about, believe it or not, we talk about the big important issues of life, things that matter to every human being who lives upon the earth, like what happens after we die, what is the purpose of life, who are we. Who created us? Were we created? Mm. That's a little teaser for something later on. But uh, we do it from a Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. However, we welcome all. The Jew, the Greek. The barbarian, the Scythian. (laughs) Exactly. Whatever. The rabid atheist, the uh, Wiccan, the Zoroastrian. Yeah. Uh, 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 A witch or a warlock. Yes, all are welcome to listen and sort of tease these ideas out with us because we're all stuck with them. One of my favorite jokes I ever made that I thought of. I'm going to share it now. Oh, you thought of? You made up a joke. I made up a joke. But you know how every Thanksgiving, like, there's all these pieces that are published that say how to talk to your relatives about, you know, how to talk about things. at talking points at uh, Thanksgiving. What a lovely idea. (laughs) Which I hate those things with the, you know, with a burning passion. But I said, of course. And so then I, I, I made up one that I thought would be really funny. It would be how to talk to your relatives about the difference between witches and warlocks. (laughs) (laughs) Did you look it up to make sure it didn't actually exist? (laughs) It's probably it's probably a sheet that you can print out. There's a message board from like a GeoCities site, like a sure. GeoCities 1998 site. Yeah, totally. with the stars all over it and everything. Yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> so anyway, we are going to take on a big topic today. Uh, Pastor Berge is going to get to that in a moment. And then uh, after that, we have a special new quiz today because the quiz is based upon one of our famous food challenges. And this one will not disappoint. This one is a special one. It's sort of an accidental one. We kind of, we backed into it sideways, but all will be explained in the second half of the show. So we'll get the serious stuff out of the way, the stuff that, the things that make you go, hmm. Mm. And then, and then we'll get to that and uh, you can play along with the quiz. I promise you it will be a scintillating one. So that's the day, right, David? That is the day. 
So let's get in to the big topic. Um, take the lead, take it from here, and go. I will. So this is a, a topic that has to deal with um, morality, immorality, and and its causes. Which these are these. This is a big, big, big question, and the context in which it came up um, is is local, is is particular. The universal always manifests itself in the particular, and the particular is always a window into the universal. Um, I would right. say, and so yep. we 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 see sort of both ends of the cone uh, in this one. And so, uh, as I was, I came, I was struck by this quote. I came, I was on the, uh, I was on the Facebook, and a, a person I went to <laughs> high school official name. Yes. Yep. Uh, this person I went to high school with posted this quote from a person who is running for the mayor of Minneapolis um, this year. A, a guy named, I'll, I'll just name him, his name is Raymond Dean. And so he is running for mayor. And this was a press release, a statement he issued in the wake of um, something that did make, I think, national and international news was uh, a woman, this Australian woman, um, was shot by the police uh, and died um, after she had called the police, saying she thought she was hearing or witnessing a, an assault in her alley. She approaches the police's vehicle. It, the circumstances are still very, very murky, the particulars of the case. Um, and so we're not going to adjudicate or really get into those here. But she, the police shot her. Um, she died. Uh, and this caused a, a, a large uh, outcry, I would say, um, within the city. And in a city which was already on tenterhooks, yes, as they say. Yes, and it was already on te- – and so it was on tenterhooks. And, and I think some of the reaction to this I saw – this is just an aside, but was um, – was con- it was conflating things and confusing things. I could see if you're from not from this area, you know, the Philando Castile shooting. So he was shot by the police. Now that happened in um, – what was the town it was? It? Was it Vadness Heights? Where he was uh, shot. Yeah, yeah. I think so that's right. I think, and I think it's the Saint Anthony, which is like a, a suburb of Minneapolis. It's just adjacent to Minneapolis. The Saint Anthony police are the—that's the police department. The officer who shot Philando Castile was with him. But it's—I mean—it's so close that a lot of people conflate. Oh, the Minneapolis police did both of them, and that's not true. The right. the, the the only one that involved uh, the Minneapolis police um, of very recent memory uh, was this particular shooting of this woman, Justine Rudchek or something like that, I think was her name. But anyways, so she was shot, you know, seemingly senseless. This caused a huge outcry. Because of the Castile issue, um, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's people are on tenterhooks about the police and how the interactions that they have with the community and what are we going to do and police reform is a hot topic. I mean, I think that that'll probably be in our local mayoral race. That'll probably be the number one topic. And so Raymond Dean, he's running for mayor of this fair city. And so he issues a statement. And and it's not just a statement about it's 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 a very broad statement because some of the claims that he makes and so I yeah, just want to so examine th- this. this is the I'm aware of this this statement that you're about to read this is all of that is just background yeah. for this he's now making because of this in light of this he's making a, a much larger claim and and this is it yes so this is what Raymond Dean says in reaction to 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 what happened but really this is his. I, his vision of society and how it's going to manifest itself when he's when he's mayor. This is his kind of framework, his worldview that he's going to bring to um, issues. Mission like, statement. Yep. His, his yeah. His <laughs> um, He says crime is not a product of individual morality, but the consequence of scarcity in our society. 
And then he goes on to say, we must divest resources, disarm officers, and dismantle the inherent violence of our criminal justice system, which continues to uphold white supremacy. Our approach to public safety must reflect a belief that our communities are safer when they have housing, clean air and water, access to education, employment, and quality health care. And then he goes on. But what I really want to hone in on is this first statement, that crime is not a product of individual morality, but the consequence of scarcity in our society. Oh, boy. Uh, agree? Disagree? Have something to say about that? I Do have, you, Pastor? I, I have a lot of things to say, and I think that um, I will. Gr- I grant. Um, I can. I can reasonably grant part of it to say that conditions within a society that there can be such a thing as I would label it as a Christian systemic sin, right? That there can be systems that are so sinful that they infect each and every person who inhabits uh, the society, you know, even good people. So, like, uh, you know, um, things like uh, the Jim Crow South, you know, uh, that's a systemic sin, a systemic evil. It's not the product necessarily of individual immoral choices. It's a system that's so infected with sin that it, you know, is a manifestation of this broad corruption. And and I think that's broadly consistent what go ahead yes no i think that's true but but within that system then each you just i agree 100 percent. but the uh uh the choices made are still individuals let's not lose sight of that people still make those choices within the system the system guides them to make and it can have the you, wrong choice right it's, you, it's all it's much easier to walk the broad and, and, and the broad path to that so you can have a yeah so you can have a system with that very perverse incentives certainly yes. it's in, that incentivizes sin yeah, exactly. for sure you know however when we talk about um crime uh and it's a product of scarcity so basically crime is just the product of this the way society is arranged sort of directs people into lives of crime okay uh, you know, like there, I can't go all the way because I've seen too many examples of people who are not in a situation of scarcity, just committing crimes just for the hell of it because they wanted something. I mean, totally like I've seen a couple of these examples, um, uh, uh, you know, very recently, um, just very petty, petty types of crime. Uh, when it comes to things at the church, people's people stealing things from the church. Okay, yes. is is that a crime? People stealing from the church. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, okay, so that is a crime. All right. In both of these instances, one case someone stole a box of wine. In another case, someone stole coffee. Like a, a we, uh, one of our parishioners um, has owns a really cool coffee shop. They have really great coffee. He donates the coffee every single week, so we can have great coffee at church. So he brings that to the church. The bags of coffee, you know, that you would pay you know, 12 to 15 bucks for in the store. He brings those, leaves those. Someone was in the church. And these are not, none of these were taken by congregants. So if you are a, 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 a one of our parishioners, don't, <laughs> don't, look for don't be looking around for someone who did it. But, you know, an outside person came in and um, absconded, uh, absconded with these items. In neither case was this a necessity or a situation of scarcity. Although in the one instance, the person did steal communion wine on a Sunday and it was like, before Sunday sales were legal in Minnesota. So could we say that the law caused this person to be a criminal because he couldn't go buy some honestly? The blue laws of Minnesota. Who blame? Yeah, or or this other person. Did they... Was there scarcity of coffee that they could... I mean, they were at an event where coffee was being served. 
So, like, there yeah. was no... So, this is where I go, you know... All you need is one counterfactual, right? This is not true. It's just not true. Yeah, it's just... Fa- everybody knows this is not true. Everyone knows it's not true. And so, why, so there's a tendency to um, avoid any sense of personal um, responsibility or moral agency on behalf of the... Uh, Actors involved. Well, well right? this, I mean, isn't this a pure statement, the, uh, a sort of distillation of Marx, pretty much purely, that, that all it's all economically caused, that human behavior is all economics and not from within? And, you know, based on the, the horrible, horrible Rousseauian idea of the noble savage, and mm-hmm. we're all good, we just are perverted by systems that pervert us. And this to me is just like, wow, I've never. Usually the bald-faced uh, Marxism doesn't come out in, in such stark terms. <laughs> it usually gets a little bit of, no, we're, it's for the children, we're doing this. But this is just a flat-out statement of, this is what causes immorality. That's a pretty, it's a very broad statement. It is. That this, the situation of crime is caused by scarcity. And we could go, well, what's the product of scarcity? And, and I think he would argue that scarcity is inherent within the capitalism, right? That that's sort of the foundation yeah, of capitalism. Yeah, I mean, this to me sounds just like, yeah, it's just Marxism. Straight out of, straight out of Marx. Yeah. <laughs> right? That, so, and the, that idea, yeah, as you articulated, the idea is human beings are born good. It's the systems which they're born into that corrupt us and make us bad. So in order to restore us to a state of goodness, we need to change the system. Yes itself and that that's going to that would eliminate criminality yeah or immorality yeah but but how, i don't i don't understand at least on the face like uh someone like him i would guess would be uh condemning sort of the the system of uh you know wall street and the banks and the one percent and all of yeah. that and i don't i'm not saying this as a political thing i have i got no i got no dog in this hunt i don't want to get in i'm just saying he would condemn that as being criminal, but that's on its face. Prima facie is not about scarcity. It's about people behaving badly based on their own morality, right? So I, I just don't know how you square that circle if you have that point of view. We'll have to have Raymond. We'll see if Raymond <laughs> listens to the pod. If well, wants, maybe he, if he would, wants to call in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we. I don't know how we would do it. But. So, and I think from a Christian perspective, when we when we think about this, um, and I think we see both. Um, Sin as like sin as the water into which we're born, you know, sort of the polluted water into which we're born, and sort of a poison that infects each and every uh, human soul. So if you're like reading Paul's letter to the Romans, for example, he he can talk about sin as it's almost this capital S like force or power that exerts influence and control over us. But then he also can talk about um, uh, the, like the things that I know I shouldn't do, I do. And there's this, like, there is a, a, a moral agency that he recognizes within himself and an inability to do what he knows is right to, to follow the law that he knows, but he can't keep it because of this corruption that's went within himself. And so for the Christian, we don't deny, um, systemic evil or systemic sin or a sin's ability to manifest itself beyond just the individual person, but we can never deny the you know we can never deny the corollary, which is that the in the individual choices of individual moral agents are also a product of sin, and it's not that we're change the system and we'll get good people, you know, uh, it's that people are bad and fallen and apart from the grace of God, uh, there's no hope or saving us. 
Yes, I agree. And I think it, a moment's reflection on sort of like mobs, think of that. Um, a, a mob can be swayed to do terrible things, you know, looting, rioting, whatever, burning things yeah. down. For, lynching someone. Yeah, for stupid reasons. Like, you know, your your team wins or loses. Yeah, yeah. And you're tipping over cars and burning. Now, if you were called to account for your behavior as an individual, can you just say like, I just didn't have enough money that day or i was hungry like no that you you just became part of this this evil blob like it was just easier to do the wrong thing than the right thing so yes systems can drive people to make bad choices but at the end of the day every individual has to stand before that judge who has the tape of you turning over the car and lighting it on fire and going what what was that about that was you buddy that was, yeah. that was the system did it the system turned the car <laughs> that's not over. a defense and our own criminal justice system recognizes that that the system is not a defense because what yeah. kind of how could you have accountability um, right that's it's this way lies madness it is this madness is, i think of the when i was a student at the university of minnesota uh, we won back to back national titles in hockey men's ice hockey uh, which is a, a big deal at like 15 schools in the country. But we won sure. back-to-back titles, have not won since. Um, so, oh, I see the bitterness. Well, it's just, we should like, it's like, we're like, it's like Duke or Kentucky never winning the basketball national championship. Yeah. Like, come on, you yeah. know? And there's yep. just not that many schools that are good. So it's just frost my cookies that, <laughs> uh, that we have not won another title. Like, at least sniff it, man. Come on. But anyways, um, there was uh, there was hockey riots. So the first year there was some rioting. Dinky Town is the the area of the city where the oh right where yeah. the university is or a lot of the students live. And so the first year they won. There was a little rioting. Well, the next year I was like um, my now wife, but then fiance. I was like, we gotta go. There's gonna be some rioting in Dinky Town. Like we gotta go. So we went to go be observers to see what was gonna happen in Dinky Town. And sure enough, wait, wait. I thought you when you were saying we got to go, it meant we got to get away from the riot. No, You're no, like, I wanted no, we got to go to I the riot. To, I wanted to see if what people were going to riot. Maybe I'll catch the fever. Who knows, honey? <laughs> but you got there, and uh, we we left as soon as the riot police showed up, and it was like, oh, this is not going to be good. So we then we got out of there. Um, but uh, like, sure enough, there was people. They were starting to like tip over cars and like light fires in the streets. And, uh, you know, people who did that were arrested, some were expelled. And yeah, there's, you know, the mob set the conditions. They gave permission. Sure. They created the incentive. The perverse they're, incentives they're were cheering as you're stuffing the <laughs> exactly. lit handkerchief into the gas. Tank. Like, do something dumb and stupid and destructive, and you're going to get cheered. You know, that was the perverse incentive structure. But those people still had a, you know, even if they were inebriated, um, that's no excuse either. The booze made me do it. The, the drugs made me do it. The team winning made me do it. The mob made me do it. No, people had a choice in that situation, whether or not to turn over the car, break the light, you know, steal right. the stuff, smash the window, all that stuff. Um, it ex- I guess the mob can help explain it, but it's, of course, no excuse for what you did. Right. Your parents were very wise when they said, if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you do that? <laughs> that was the beautiful wisdom of being a parent. It all comes back. But everyone to was that. doing it, mom and dad. But oh, the, that's no excuse. But Raymond Dean says, like, the system is set up to push people to the end of the bridge. Wow. That's, oh, I don't like that excuse. It's, it's bad to have an excuse to be bad. <laughs> no, nope. and, I, and I think, of course, you know, some of those things that Raymond Dean lists, we could go, yeah, that, those would all be great if we would have better housing, health care, schools, education. We all, we, I think, all agree that those are really great things to have. But to say that that wouldn't end criminality 
um, or you know mean that we never have any police anymore. Or public safety is never an issue. It's it's naive. It's staggeringly naive from an adult human being. Naive and dangerous, I would say. Yes. One of the 20th centuries and 19th centuries uh, worst ideas. But <laughs> so there you go, Raymond. Thanks for rehashing one of our worst ideas and bringing it up. Oh, uh, well, he he said it. He stood by it. He put his name he under did. it. He put so his name on it. We're not calling him out. No, we're no, not no. Trying to embarrass no. him. He will live or die by his. No, he he uh, he names. can he can uh, he can stand up for himself. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. But I just thought this is a amazing articulation. I mean, a very public articulation of a principle um, of a of an understanding of morality and how people live and the causes of criminality and immorality. That how does that um, interact with intersect with and contradict. Um, a Christian understanding. I thought that was really worth interacting with. And in the future, we'll revisit it in our program entitled, Is It Okay to Steal a Loaf of Bread to Save the Lives of Your Family? Yes. We'll do that on the... That's next. <laughs> on Like Trees Walking. <laughs> on Sometime, on Like Trees Walking. But uh, we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, something a little more fun than talking about these weighty ideas. We have a little... Uh, a little eating challenge. Mm-hmm. These are uh, we've had a little break from that, and the 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 people demanded it. Post so, <laughs> post spirulina. Yeah, the spirulina <laughs> incident shall never be spoken of again. And then uh, a little quiz related to that, and uh, we'll be back right after this with like trees walking. Um. Everyone, it's Pastor Dave. I'm giving my appeal. What would be super helpful for us is if you could rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, You know, if there's some way you can do it in Google Play or Stitcher or some other place, of course, uh, avail yourself of that. Go and do it. But the really best thing that you can do for us is to go to Apple Podcasts um, to rate us. Five-star review, please. And if you could write a review, that would be really, really, really helpful. Um, So I I commend you. I encourage you. I adjure you. you know, do that. Please, please, please. Uh, you can also, of course, uh, check us out on the social media interwebs. There's liketreeswalkingpod.com where you can sign up for our email newsletter um, and see all the old shows, our bios. Also get information about live events. We think we might have something coming up in September, so we're excited about that. You can follow us, of course, at LTW Pod online or uh, Like Trees Walking on Facebook. You can like that. Or there's always uh, at Michael J. Nelson on Twitter or at David underscore Bergy. So those are all the ways uh, that you can connect with the pod and support it. We appreciate you so much for listening uh, to it, um, for sharing it, uh, for following along with us as we keep going strong in year number two, nearing the end of season number two of Like Trees Walking. And we are back. Thank you, Pastor, for that. I, you adjured people. I think that's the first time you adjured people. Right? I adjure you. Yes, it's a, it's a term you find in Scripture and translations of yeah, Scripture. Yeah, it's, it's a very... Adjure you. I, I, it's a very strong. It's a strong word, yeah, it's right? Beyond, it's beyond encourage. It's not encourage. Encourage is what you do to little kids at camp. Go, and you give them the participation yeah, trophy and all of that. No, I adjure you. This is like from uh, Moby Dick. This is, you know, him standing at the, the, the famous sermon from Moby Dick. He's adjuring the people, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is strong, people. Take this seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the seriousness. He's a pastor. He has pull. 
you're either in or out based on his word. That's how it works, right? That's, oh, yeah. That's another pod we could do. It, are you in or out based on your Dave's understanding of you? Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, one of my early, I, I wrote a line that everyone liked. Um, it was uh, my little little characters on a program that I used to do. Uh, okay. Little robot characters. Little robot puppets. <laughs> and they were getting presents for Christmas. Uh-huh. And, uh, the, you know, what do you want for Christmas? And, oh, I want some new toys. And what do you want? I want to decide who lives or who dies. <laughs> and I was like, that's dark. I was like, but it's funny. It's just a puppet. He doesn't know what the... <laughs> I remember that as being. People loved it, but they're like, can we say that? Like, why not? He's just trying to explore the boundaries. They're like little kids. They're trying to. That's a great line. Anyway. Uh, so, I, so I do want it to say. Right. I think I'd be a good judge. Yeah. Um, Anywho. So, all right. Look, I'll sum up what happened in the first. Usually you do it. I think this is so easy a slam dunk. You do it. Morality is not, sir. Sir, <laughs> go, go, Keith Olbermann is, know, is across from me now. <laughs> no, uh, the claim that morality is based on whether or not there is scarcity in your life is absurd and ridiculous. For we all know wonderful, wonderful moral people who have little, and we all know giant uh, jerks and evil people, evil doers, very evil people. These evildoers who have plenty. So there is no correlation. There may be some in the systems, as we said, but go back and listen to the first thing. And we we got to get on to this thing. <laughs> That's my summation. <laughs> like Bernie Madoff? Yeah. He had plenty of stuff. He had plenty of stuff. Even before he started his whole Ponzi scheme, he was like a wealthy person, right? Yeah. Hey, who's your favorite uh, fictionalized Bernie Madoff? Like the actor that played him, was it... Uh, it was Richard Dreyfus, or was it Pacino? No, now I'm. Oh, now I'm losing it. There was there was two. There was two fictional Bernie Madoffs. Yeah, there was two. No, De Niro. Sorry, not Pacino. You can oh. excuse the mistake. <laughs> uh, I'll say Richard Dreyfus. Okay, I didn't see that one. I, mean, I, can't, I, I, can't, I saw neither of them, but I'm I just thinking of Mr. Holland's opus. Ugh. Now you brought beautiful, me down. Beautiful, 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 beautiful boy. Oh, oh man, that's what? right. Beautiful, oh, beautiful, beautiful, oh. beautiful, cool. All of his men had tugged at your hearts. I'm, I'm cringing just remembering. I saw it once. It was Mr. the worst Holland. experience Mr. of my life. Mr. Holland's opus. Anyway, explain the uh, the eating challenge. Now, I, I mentioned on the air once, I believe. Well, go ahead. No, you, what did you mention on the air once? I mentioned uh, that I was one of the few people who, like, uh, a very unpopular food. I think it, it well, I don't know how unpopular. How unpopular can it be? They're selling it at Menards yeah, exactly. in the checkout aisle. Well, anyway, it's just sort of traditionally people either, it's it's very binary. It's divisive, yes. It's divisive. Uh, circus peanuts, along with things like Good and Plenty and Black Jelly Beans. These are very yeah. divisive uh, foods. I like them. I like them both. I like Good and good and Plenty. I like licorice. I like black licorice. I like black licorice, yeah. and I like circus peanuts. So... Dave, you take it from here. Well, I was, uh, so since Mike had mentioned that, I was buying a new lawnmower at Menards, and uh, I was in the checkout aisle, and I looked, and lo and behold, I saw Spangler's uh, Marshmallow Circus Peanuts, a fat-free candy. And so I thought, well, Mike is, you know, a connoisseur, and it's healthy, so I'd be giving him something that's right, very healthy. Right, fat-free, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so I purchased this, um, and I put it in my car, and I kept meaning to give it to Mike the next time I saw him. The road to hell, Dave. The road <laughs> to hell. 
Now, I saw Mike many, many, many times. Many times. Many times between the time of buying the peanuts and Mike actually receiving the peanuts. And, you know, they recommend storing this type of food in a cool, dry place. Uh, I stored them in the backseat of my car. And anyone who's familiar with a Minnesota summer knows that cool and dry is not necessarily uh, the adjectives we would use to describe the climate during the season of year. I eventually handed them off to Mike's wife after, oh, probably six weeks in my car. Uh, She got them to Mike, and by this time, I said, I can't vouch for the condition of these, and... They went into a, a, a closet, which is probably not all that climate controlled. When the air is on, that closet sort of hot. Uh. So these have been, I, th- I like to call them twice aged. First <laughs> they were car aged, and now then they were sort of cabinet aged. So these are very old circus peanuts. They've, you can hear the, the crinkling of the bag now. And, and they're stuck. They're all they stuck together, which is not you know, odd. But they're, Oh, my God. He had to snap two of them apart. They're so They are desiccated. <laughs> they're... Like a like if you think of a tooth, they how do they so they lose their moisture, but the uh, bright orange color Stays. that does not fade at no. all. That is that is the, UV safe. The glass <laughs> withers, the flower fades, but the orangeness of our penis <laughs> will last forever. Uh, here we go. So this all peanut. Right, he's uh, handing one over to me. We're gonna eat it, right? Both of us, or just me? Oh no, we're both. Oh, eating. I like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought you were gonna like punish me for giving you a bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Please. Why right, I do so, that to you? Here we go. Go ahead first. All right. Um, there's no crunch, so that's a no. that's a decent mm. sign. But does it? Is there any give? Is there any? The, the peanut does not bounce back in any way when you Mike, bite just it. Just try right? it. Are they al dente to the tooth? <laughs> try it. All right. I'm trying it. This is always gross. I'm going to eat off Mike, and then I'm going to come and give you. My, why oh. you're eating on Mike? Yeah, I'm Stop eating on eating. Mike. That's the worst thing you can do. People are leaving in droves. Oh. Oh, I will say, you know what doesn't change with the texture? The texture is wretched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What doesn't change is that um, initial, that perfume of of artificial garbage, whatever. It's sort of banana-y. Yeah, weird, yeah. Like, that just like sprays into your mouth when you bite down and it releases all the... Uh, it is like a banana taste. Yeah, is that what it's supposed to be? I, um, sugar, corn syrup, gelatin, pectin, artificial flavor. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It really does have like a banana e banana boat. Like if you think about how banana boat smells, that uh, cocoa yeah, it's butter. Like, like if you could take. Um, do you remember Red Pop? It's it, <laughs> no. It's just they couldn't even come up with the. It's like look, it's a flavor. It's red. It, they called it Red Pop, and it became sort of a. I think it's maybe a southern thing. Okay. Red pop and it's unidentified flavor. I think it's like red pop mixed with artificial banana. It's kind of my. Yeah. Uh, it's so. It is just so hard though. Uh, this warrants another discussion before okay. we move on to the quiz. What uh, What is your take on foods that are shaped like other foods? Not meant to fool you, but just like let's take a a chicken and shape it like a something else you know like, like oh like a, well, um, well like a circus peanut you're taking sugar and you're making it into a peanut this is not in any way related to a peanut but we're making it the shape of you know i think well, i'm like oh a jello and i'm gonna make it look like a fish yeah I mean, or, what is or there's a what is your stand there's on chicken this? nuggets that like are shaped like dinosaurs or you know yeah, right yeah exactly uh, well as though dinosaur was a traditional food that we're shaping them at uh 
I would say I'm very open to it. It's fun. It's, it's playful. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I really, yeah, I raised this issue without really having a strong take on it. I want to see what you thought. Yeah. Because, I mean, being a fan of Circus Peanuts, obviously I'm open to the idea. <laughs> yeah. just, You're not closed-minded <laughs> by any stretch. I like to eat my sugar in the shape of other nuts, if that's okay with you. Like yeah. a jelly bean. There you go. That's another. But it's, so I think it takes what probably, I mean, okay, Circus Peanuts was like, hey, peanuts are great, but you know what? They're messy. We hate cleaning them up. So, like, how can we give you the joy of being at the circus and cracking up, cracking a bag of the old peanuts, but save ourselves the cleanup and the mess? And well, it's like, but, this is the solution. All right. There's one more question before we okay, move well. on. Uh, is the circus fun? Have we decided that that's... Um, <laughs> do, do people... Have you been to a circus? <laughs> yes, I have I have never cir- been to a circus. Really? Oh, I was just I'm, what I'm from this century. I'm not from the last. So, <laughs> man, I went to a circus. Uh, my when um, I went to a circus in 2015. Actually, uh, my <laughs> I, it wasn't like Mr. Lifto Freakoid Circus. No, was no, no. It? Or it was. And it wasn't like Cirque du Soleil. Holes in their bodies. No, or... it wasn't one of these alt alt circuses. Okay. Um, so a traditional, a tra- traditional. Real cir- I mean, it might have been Barnum and Bailey or Ringling Brothers. I mean, one of those. They're, uh, they're they're dead now, right? Yeah, I some, mean, one the of them. People dead. are dead. I'm talking about the circuses. P.T. <laughs> Barnum lives. Uh, <laughs> so, or Shriners. No, I went to the Shrine. It was Shrine, Shrine, Zura Shrine Circus. Okay, oh, there okay. we go. All right, yeah. And uh, it was a Target Center. And uh, by my son, who was born prematurely, uh, you like they sometimes give stuff to the families of these kids when they're in the hospital to do nice things for them. And this was a really nice thing. We got free tickets. I don't think they cost a lot of money, anyways. But we got. <laughs> I mean, I imagine they're paper in the house at circuses <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, they want to get you in the door buying all the garbage. Uh, but we got free tickets to go to the Shrine Circus. So uh, uh, Amy and I took two of our kids and a friend, and we went to the circus, and we stayed for a large portion of it. So we saw the elephants. and Positive or negative overall? I, I, you know, kids, kids love it. They're wowed by the animals and... Fire and yeah, you know, I mean it's oh, cool. Good. Yeah, yeah. They, so they I'm pro, I'm pro circus. There's like we could have like a debate about zoo, pro zoo or anti zoo. You know. Well, it's just funny that you should bring up the circus and how much you love it and how much you know about it because you are about to be subjected to the circus quiz. I guess my first question, which is not officially on the quiz, is what is that song? It is called Il Circo. It is just called the circus. No, I, did you, I thought you knew the answer to that. No, I don't. I think it's something like, but it is something very, very on point, like send, on the nose. It's like uh, bring in the elephants or something like that. Send in the clown. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's What's it. that? That's Stephen Sondheim, the great Stephen Sondheim. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, here you go. Get ready to take the circus quiz. Will you? Yeah, I'm looking up the circus theme though. Well, wait a minute. That we we can do that after we have a okay. circus okay. quiz to all right. take. Okay, all right. All right, just say it on. Do your Siri, and we'll listen to the answer uh, right online. <laughs> Entrance of the Gladiators. Yeah, there you go. See it's something. That's what it's called. Yeah, Entrance of the Entrance Gladi- of the Gladiators. Do, 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 That's do, do, like the do, do, not. They're not glad. Why would you call it Gladiators? For those uh, who are about to die. We salute you. Hold on, just 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 wait like. All right, hang Four. I'm hanging on. Just wait. Three, two. Did you have one to watch second. an ad? I had to watch an ad. Oh god. This is not coming through the board, hence the terrible fidelity. This is coming through my phone. 
right, circus quiz time. Yes. That Thank you. That it. was the theme song for the circus quiz. Uh, are there other circus songs? Like, think of the guy who cornered the market on the, like, honey, I wrote the thir- circus theme song, and they, they have to use it at every, you know. It's like happy birthday. There's probably a, a, a bitter competitor out there. They have a better circus. <laughs> it's, theme. it's like the indie circus yeah. theme. All right. Uh, who came to be called the father of the modern circus? And I have choices. Here. Okay. So, uh, Philip Astley, Rick's father, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Gunther Ringling or P.T. Barnum. I'm going to go P.T. Barnum. No, no, no. Ring, uh, the, who, the Ringling guy? Gunther Ringling. Ringling. P.T. Barnum. Gunther. Gunther. Final answer? Yeah. Is wrong. Oh, who was it? Uh, never going to give you up. Never. It was Philip Astley. Rick Phil rolled. <laughs> you were Phil rolled. Uh, the first American circus took place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, what year was it, Dave? Do I have choices? Do I have choices? You do. 1710, 1785, or 1800? 1800. Is incorrect. Zero for two. It when was? was? 1785. Can you imagine what that circus was like? Uh, I bet it smelled great. Did we have enough carnies even in the country at that point in time to do it <laughs> appropriately? I'm sure there were always creepy guys willing to stand around <laughs> leaning against uh, <laughs> rope lines. Uh, which of these is a quote from Phineas T. Barnum? It is Phineas, isn't it? You know better than me. Uh, P.T. Barnum. Uh, there's a sucker born every minute, or as long as there are children, there will always be a circus. I thought it was there's a sucker born every minute, but maybe that's apocryphal. I need your answer. Uh, that's my, that's my, well, I'm going to go against my intuition because this seems like a trick question. So as long as there's children, there'll be a circus. Oh, nice to go against your knowledge and intuition. That is correct. I guess he didn't say there's a sucker born every minute. Uh, what is a funambulist? Funambulist. Like a F-U-N? F-U-N rather than a somnambulist. What is a funambulist? So is Some... it a clown, a rope walker, or a trapeze artist? A rope walker. Is correct. You are two for four. 50%. Oh. Solid F. <laughs> Who was the first human cannonball, Dave? Would that be Mademoiselle Zezel, mm. Monsieur Boom Boom, or Evil Kenneville. Well, of course not. Kenneville. <laughs> um, I was trying to sell you on that one. <laughs> I know who the first um, human wrecking ball was. Who's that? Miley Cyrus. Oh. You came in like a wrecking ball. All I ever wanted. Okay, that, then she loses. I know uh, uh, there's a song by the great Loudon Wainwright Third, Yeah. Father of Rufus Wainwright. Ah. Called the Human Cannonball, and his name—he's he, not on here, so okay. it's not okay, a spoiler. Good. Emmanuel Zucchini Senior was the f- most famous Human Cannonball. I'll go with uh, Mademoiselle because you probably had to be smaller to fit in the cannon. Or something. Mademoiselle Zazel is correct. Is correct. Sacré Mon Dieu! You are now three for five. High F or D, D minus even. Oh, who gives a... That's not D-minus territory. That's solid F still. What nationality were the Ringling Brothers? Were they American? Were they French? Or were they German? I'm going to go German because, I mean, Gustav, that sounds German as heck. You are now at 80%. Yeah. 
Uh, lot lice. This is in quotes, and it's exactly how it sounds. Lot okay. lice. Lot lice. One a, word or two words? Two words. Okay. Capitalized here, if that matters. Yes. I will now use it in a sentence. Lot lice is a circus term. What does it mean? Does it mean termites on the circus lot, townspeople who hang around the circus lot, fleas on the animals? Townspeople. Is correct. <laughs> yeah. That's a very derogatory term for townspeople. Yeah, they wouldn't have that for, they would just call the fleas and stuff fleas. You wouldn't yeah. need to come up. Oh, yeah, lot lice. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah, need a special at, term. Clear out them lot lice there, would you? Of course you have that. And in the clown. All right. Oh, this is a good one. What is a roustabout? Is it a performer, a clown, an extra worker? An extra worker. Is correct. Yes. You've got a chance at a solid B on this one. Man, that's awesome. There are three types of clowns, Dave. <laughs> Happy. Which one? Sad, murderous. <laughs> yes. The one who lives in the sewer. It. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of great yes. memes with it looking up from the sewer yeah. these days. <laughs> uh, which is getting a remake, right? Or has yeah, it been remade? Yeah, I, it's, it's like the there's process? a trailer out. I've never, I'm going to be confession here, I've never seen it. I have never seen I'm it. I'm aware that he's a clown that lives in a sewer and kills children. Yes. He, and Stephen well, King. He takes them away somewhere. I believe that that was the last, I've brought up Stephen King on this program before. Many and times. I believe I owe the audience a story about that, which shall not be happening in this show. But uh, I believe it was the book that was hurled across my room, and that was my oh. swearing off of Stephen King. Oh, you told me that. Oh, just that was like, a great I'm, story. You told me done. off air. Yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah. We have like a correction or something like that. But this is, don't worry about it, not in this show, but you saying like, I owe the audience. Then I was like, oh, I think we have like a... Oh, I was going to ask you, do we have corrections? I think we do have some corrections. Do, should we, we save it for next program? Yeah, we'll do that for the next program. Okay. Is it bad? Mm. <laughs> Is it me? Uh, we were ordered by a lawyer to... No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, are we? We, uh, we never meant to imply or suggest yeah. that said person... Uh, no, no, no. All right. Well, you have to stay tuned for the next one for this. It's another cliffhanger here on Lake Trees Walking. Yes. Uh, there are three types of clowns. Which one wears a big red nose? White face. Augusta character mm. i mean bozo wore a big red nose and he had a white face so i'm gonna go white face oh is incorrect what is it augusta, augusta. God, that was my second choice yeah well yeah. <laughs> <Two other laughs> <had> a 66 percent <laughs> chance what happens when there is trouble or some delay during a circus performance intermission is called the lights are dims dimmed the clowns are sent in the clown send in send in the clowns the right clowns that's got Don't bother. They're here. <laughs> uh, there's a great... Uh, it, was I right with that answer, by the way? You were right with that okay, answer. Okay. Sorry. So I believe you got a, a solid B- minus on this quiz. Yes! There's a, um, a version of Sending the Clowns done by um, Frank Sinatra, where he does a little intro to it while the piano's tanking. Is he like talking or what? And he, yeah, he's doing a talking thing. And he uh, his talking is like, his patter is... This is a beautiful marriage of music and verse by the great Stephen Sondheim. It's about a breakup. Whether the man left the woman, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's this weird, unnecessary... I find it very funny. Anyway, it's the great version of the song, but uh, 
he has to do this little impose his Frank Sinatra-ish on the, uh, on the song. All right. Well done, David. Very well done. Uh, well done show, too. I'm going to make it global. It's not just on the quiz, which you did pretty well on. Surprisingly, yeah. But, you know, with your vast knowledge of circuses and circus peanuts. I do love them, and I, my love, I hope, shown, shown through. Is there any way that we could, with a special hotline or people call in or write in, that we could send them a stale circus peanut? It's probably beyond the mm. scope of our show, isn't <laughs> if it? You, I, think, I think if people message, we can get you one of these peanuts. Yeah, we'll, we'll find a way to work it out. Anyway. Salt peanuts, salt peanuts. <laughs> By who's that? Is that? Uh, oh, no. See, we're we, starting another topic. We, we should just end we, the show. We can't do that. All right. This has been our big circus tent show. Uh, we talked about a uh, big issue. Uh, go back and listen to it. Yeah, we, we don't need to explain it. Again. It was so good. You'll want to listen to it twice yes. through on half speed. Anyway, we will take on a big topic next time on Like Trees Walking. Thank you so much thank for listening, for Dave. The... Any final words? No, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right. We'll catch you next time on Like Trees Walking. Yay!